Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our current series, Parables. Jesus oftentimes used these short stories to teach people. Sometimes the parable opened people's eyes to the profound truth of God. Other times the parable was symbolic and challenged people to go deeper in their faith. But with every parable, Jesus wanted people to live out the reality of what they learned. This summer we'll be studying some of the parables that Jesus used so we can discover and live out their truths in our lives. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website, www.valleybrook.cc, select contact us and send us an email. So today we're beginning a new series on the parables of Jesus. You know, Jesus' parables were stories that, that oftentimes were about simple things of life. And, and sometimes they were very easy to understand and people got the message right away. And sometimes they had to go deeper. And hopefully somebody will take care of that. <laughs> so uh, hopefully um, that's probably alarm on something that doesn't deal with our safety. So that's a good piece right there. Um, so parables, Jesus told these stories to teach us things. And so it's, it's very important that we look at those parables. I'll tell you what I told the first service and I will make the same offer to you. I would love to know what your favorite parables are. I would love to know what parables maybe you struggle to understand. So send us an email or, or send us something on Facebook this week. We would love to hear about that. So before we dig in, uh, let's pause for a prayer. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you have taught us all these truths and you want us to understand them. So Lord, we thank you that, that Jesus gave us these parables to teach us, to help us go deeper in our relationship with you. So I pray that you would help us have eyes to see and ears to hear and that we would go deeper in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we're talking about parables, we're talking about stories, it's, it's probably appropriate to start off with a story, particularly one that, that may relate to uh, the celebration of the 4th of July, which we just celebrated a few days ago. Um, this goes all the way back to the beginning of the Revolutionary War in 1775. Uh, during the year of 1775, tension was already brewing here in the colonies uh, between the colonists and Great Britain. Um, in fact, by the time the Declaration of Independence was signed, the Revolutionary War was already in full swing. Um, and the American patriots declared their independence at great risk to their lives and to their property, as illustrated in this story that I'm going to share with you. It was October of 1781, although we know because of hindsight that the Revolutionary War was fast coming to a close, but they didn't know that at the time. But the British General Cornwallis had marched his troops into Yorktown, Virginia. Uh, the Patriots to the south had wreaked havoc over the Red Cart, Redcoat Army, and the general was hoping to rendezvous with the British Navy on Chesapeake Bay. But American and French troops anticipated Cornwallis's plan, and they began to pound them with cannon fire, while the French fleet cut off their escape by the sea. So the British found themselves trapped at Yorktown. It so happened that the governor of Virginia, who resided in Yorktown, Thomas Nelson, was with the men who were fighting there in 
in Yorktown. They was with the very men who were firing the cannons. And he said to them this, he said, I want you to look out into Yorktown. You'll see the, the biggest brick home in the area happens to be mine. And knowing Cornwallis's ego, I am sure he has set that up as his headquarters. So I want you to unleash all your cannon fire on my house. The story goes that the first cannonball that went, went straight through the living room window and landed on the dining room table where British officers were eating their lunch. Um, Thomas Nelson understood something. He understood that uh, it's one thing to talk about freedom, but it's quite another to sacrifice what you have to make that freedom a reality. Uh, Nelson understood what we understand today, why, why we show our gratitude to our servicemen and women, because they say, I'm going to put my life on the line for the freedom of our country. And so today, as, as we look at this whole idea of the parables of Jesus, we celebrate that those who have gone before us, who have made the choice, thinking back to what Thomas Nelson did, he took the risk. He sacrificed what he had for the freedom that we now celebrate. And not long after that fight in Yorktown, the British troops surrendered. Today, we're going to look at a parable from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. So if you want to follow along in your Bibles or the Bible app, you're encouraged to. We're going to read this parable starting in verse 14, that really is at the heart of what Jesus challenges his followers to do. He's talking about the kingdom of God as we go into this parable. And this is what he says. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded them and he made five more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But the one who had received the one talent dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you have delivered to me five talents, and I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, master, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But the master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have vested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received that was my own with interest. So take the talent from him 
and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has will be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even that he, will be ha- he has will be taken away from him. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So let's unpack this parable. We're going to look at God's part in this parable, and then we're going to look at our part. So when you think about God's part in this parable, here's the first thing you need to understand. God gives us everything we need. God gives us everything we need. Back in verse 14, we read this. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. Here's a key truth about God. God gives us everything we need in this life to fulfill our calling and our purpose and enjoy our life here. Now, think that through. Yes, God gives you your calling and your purpose, but we need to understand that when we pursue that calling and that purpose, we'll experience joy and fulfillment. But not only does he give us our calling and our purpose, he gives us this life that we have, this life to live. He gives us our time on earth, however long it is. He gives us our brain so that we're able to develop skills and to be able to do things and to be able to make ourselves employable so we can have a job and earn money. He gives us our relationships with family. He gives us our relationship with friends. He gives us our talents. He gives us spiritual gifts to use in ministry to further his kingdom. He gives us everything that you can think of that you possess. He gives it to you. Everything you need comes from God. Here's the second thing we see about God in this parable. God gives us different gifts. He gives us different gifts. This is what we read in verse 15. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And then he went away. We call this parable the parable of the talents. And, and that's a little bit of a confusing word because uh, for us, we think talents equals skill. But if you go back to the original language, uh, the word is a transliteration of the Greek word talenton. And a talenton in ancient Israel was a measure of weight of the equivalent of a currency, of money. In ancient Israel, uh, a talent of silver weighed 100 pounds. A talent of gold weighed about 200 pounds. So when the master gave five talents and two talents and one talents, he was actually giving them quite a bit of money to oversee and to manage. But notice the master didn't give each one of them the same amount. Instead, he gave them the amount that they needed according to their abilities. So, Not only does God give us everything we need, but God gives to each of us according to our abilities. So this is a parable. And so while we recognize the master gives the servants money to manage, as followers of Jesus, we need to recognize that everything that God gives us, not just material wealth, but everything God gives us, He gives to each one of us according to our abilities. And this is something that that we see that that is supported in other areas of Scripture. When when 
God writes in his word about giving us spiritual gifts to use in ministry. This is what we read. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And then we read in 1 Corinthians that, that we are each given a gift from the Holy Spirit for the common good of everyone. As you read on further, what you'll see is that each one of us is given a different gift. And at the conclusion of, the se- of that section, it says this. All of these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by the Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. So uh, now think this through. You know, as human beings, uh, there's a a competitive part of us. There's a a jealous part of us. Uh, You know, when it was all said and done, I think we all would say, well, I want to be a a five-talent servant. You know, I want to get five talents, but, but the scripture tells us one got five, one got two, one got one, each according to their ability, each one according to their ability to manage and, and take care of that. He entrusted them. So we may feel jealous. We may ask, why didn't God entrust us with more? But we have to remember that, that scripture, God's word cautions us against envy and against jealousy. And we need to remember that God in his all-knowing ability, his omniscience knows what we're each capable of. So we have to accept what he gives us and trust us. But with that being said, that means whether we're a one-talent person or a two-talent person or a five-talent person, we want to be the best that we possibly can be with whatever God has entrusted us. We need to trust that he knows best. And we also need to trust that one day we will be asked by God to give an account. All right. We'll be asked to to give an account to God for what we did with what he gave to us. So we see that in Scripture back here in verse 19. It says, now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So the truth about following Jesus is that God is going to hold us accountable for what we've done with what he's given us to manage. Now, to some of us, the word accountability is a dirty word. We don't like the idea of being accountable, uh, but the reality is we can't escape it. You know what? Uh, If you overindulged this week at your 4th of July celebration, my guess is you were held accountable the next time you stepped on the scale, right? You said, wow, I wish I hadn't eaten all those hot dogs, all right? That's a form of accountability that none of us likes, all right? My guess is if you're like me and your right foot is a little heavier than your left foot, and that means the gas pedal gets pressed down a little bit further than the, uh, with the other foot, if you do that too often, more than likely, you're going to get held accountable by a police officer who's going to write you a ticket for speeding, and you're going to say, was that really worth it, you know? That kind of accountability stinks. The reality is this. If we spend too much money, if we overdraw our accounts or or don't pay our bills, we're going to face penalties and fees as an accountability to what has happened. Relationally, uh, if we ignore our friends and family and those relationships are going to struggle, they're going to be strained and you're going to feel the loneliness that comes with not pouring into significant relationships. The reality is, 
is there's, there's accountability all around us, but we don't recognize it. But here we're talking about a specific accountability for, for basically being recognized that you've been entrusted with something to manage something, to steward it. And one day you're going to be accountable for it. It's not unlike what a boss does for their employees. Uh, if a boss has a bunch of employees, she's going to call them in one day and say, you know, how, how are you doing in your job? Are, are you doing what I asked you to do? And if she finds you're not, then you may not have a job. Well, that's what's going on here. Uh, this master is holding his servants accountable for what they did with what he gave them. As we saw, two of them doubled their master's money, but one didn't even get interest on it. And what we see in response was the two that were faithful were blessed and the one that was unfaithful was cursed. Now remember when I said that God gives us different gifts according to our ability. In this parable the master is God and God knew that the servant who received one talent didn't have the same ability as the other two servants and so he wasn't going to trust them with as much. He was going to trust him with one talent and see if he proved trustworthy. And then he would trust him with more. But did you notice what the master said to the two when they shared that they had proved themselves trustworthy? He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. But look what it says next. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Because they proved trustworthy, because they proved faithful with what they had been asked to manage, they were rewarded for their faithfulness. This accountability didn't bring punishment. It brought a blessing. In fact, it can bring more blessings than we realize. Remember, he said, you've been faithful over little. I'll set you over much. So, so when we recognize that everything that we have in life Everything that I've mentioned so far this morning, we've been entrusted with, we've been blessed with to manage, to take care of in this lifetime. And that when we prove trustworthy, God's going to entrust us with more, with more responsibility, with, with more to manage. And it's, it's not for our bottom line to increase. It's so that we can do more to build his kingdom. Because as followers of Jesus Christ, we realize that life is not about collecting everything we can while we're on this earth. It's about accepting Christ as Savior, receiving that gift of eternal life, sharing that same message with as many people as possible so they can have the same thing, and being faithful in our calling that we've been given on this earth to help build God's kingdom. So we see that accountability is good. So that covers God's part from this parable. What about our part? Our part entails a decision, and the decision is this. We must decide what we will do. We have to decide what we're going to do with what God has given to us. The three servants did that. In fact, it happens very early in the parable. We read this in verse 16 through 18. He who had received the five talents went out at once and traded them and made five more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. You know, think about it. The servant who hid 
the talent in the ground did the safe thing. It's like, you know what? I don't want to lose this. I'm going to hide this. Nobody's going to be able to take it from me. And when the master comes back, I'll be able to give it. He, he took the safe way out. The, the other two, they took a lot of risk. They took what the master had given them and they set out to use it for themselves. No, but for the master, they set out to use it because they realized that they had been blessed to be able to oversee this. And they realized that they were going to have to give an, an accountability. Yes, they realized that there was risk involved, but they realized it was more important to be engaged in the master's work and take that risk than it was to play it safe. And so they did. They went out and they took that risk. You and I have been entrusted by so much from God and, and he doesn't want us to take it and, and keep it to ourselves to play it safe. He wants us to share the good news about Jesus that we've experienced that has given us eternal life. He wants us to use the gifts and the talents we've been given to further his kingdom cause. He wants us to live our lives for him because he knows that this life isn't the end. It's just the beginning because once our bodies wear out and they die, we just don't go away. We will spend forever and eternity. And so he's given us this time and entrusted us with much to use for his glory. But the reality is this. Each one of us has to decide, am I going to play it safe or am I going to take a risk? Am I going to play it safe with what God's given me or am I going to take a risk with what God's given me? So think that through. Think about everything God's blessed you with. Your life, your time on this earth, your relationships, your family, your kids, your parents, your extended family, your friends, your job, your bank account, your vehicles, your skills and talents and spiritual gifts. Are you just going to play it safe and keep them all for you? Are going to take a risk to use them for God's purposes? Every single one of us has to make that decision. We have to ask ourselves, not just once, but every day, am I going to take a risk for God today using what he's given me for his glory or am I going to play it safe? Am I going to love God completely, taking a risk for him and love people or am I just going to love me? What am I going to do? God has blessed us with so much. So, so what would it look like to take a risk? Let me share with you with one person's story. Courtney Ellis wrote this about her life. She was a follower of Jesus Christ. And she said, when I attended graduate school for English, there were many occasions when my fellow students openly ridiculed the name of Christ. And to my great detriment, she writes, I stayed silent. I was quite vocal about my belief at church with my friends at church, but I was terrified of what might happen to my reputation if the people who I went to school with found out I believed in Jesus. Most of them were ignorant about who Jesus is. Several of them had never even met a Christian before, and so they assumed that all Christians were uneducated and judgmental stereotypes who sometimes, that we sometimes see in the media. Knowing that, she writes, I was still afraid. 
She goes, as my year of study went on, I began to feel guiltier for those silences. If I couldn't be obedient to Christ in such a central thing in my life, how would I be able to serve him in other ways? But God was faithful to me in my rocky road to obedience and opportunities to speak up for Christ continued to come my way until one day in the midst of a bunch of my classmates, a fellow student asked me flat out, if I was a Christian and I recognized I was at a crossroads, I had a clear decision to make. So I took a deep breath and with God's help, I, I said a soft, shaky yes. And that student looked at me for a second rather skeptically. And then she said, interesting. I always thought that Christians were, were sort of like circus freaks, but you're actually kind of smart. For her, it was a small step, but it was one of the biggest steps in obedience. One of the biggest steps where she said, I realized I had to take a risk for what I had received from God. And I needed to not just to keep it for myself, not just to play it safe, because I had been playing it safe. And taking a risk to be truthful and faithful to God Using what all he's blessed us with every day is a decision every single one of us has to make. Every day. What will you decide? Are you going to play it safe? Or are you going to take a risk to live for God? That's what, this, that's what the parable of the talents is about. Jesus is saying, listen, I've entrusted you with everything. So tr continue to trust me and live for me. The risk is far outweighs playing it safe. What are you going to do? Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you that you love us so much that you have sent us your son, Jesus. And through faith in him, we've received the promise of eternal life. But, but Lord, we realize it's more than that that you desire for us. You desire for us to know you and take care of what you've given us so that we can help point people to you and expand your kingdom. So Lord, thank you for everything that you've blessed us with. Give us the boldness to be faithful servants to you. Lord, it is our desire, our wish to hear from you. Well done, good and faithful servant. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.